This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast here on an OG's Flavoring Friday. This is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. OG's, not your average cannabis-infused gummies. Check them out ogbrands.com check us out johnny venerable bull brock here on a pretty loaded friday show that will feature fan mock friday of course you the viewers our fine viewers have sent in bull brock and i over the last 24 hours your mock drafts we're going to get to those later in the show on og's flavoring fridays but first and foremost my co-host bull brock how we living on a friday we're living well. We're living uh, flavor in life with our friends over at OGs. And like this offseason for the Arizona Colorados is going to flavor your life, I think. This is going to be an electric offseason, just like the chat right now. I love what I'm seeing right now. Uh, the vibes are immaculate. It's a great Friday. And we're just going to, we're just setting the groundwork for something that's going to be truly special. You know, come combine time, maybe a pre free agency ad. But once free agency hits in less than a month from now, man, I think Cardinals fans are going to be pumped about the continued direction of this organization. Absolutely. Let's talk about the direction of this organization. And we'll include a robust free agent like Chris Jones. Maybe not. Uh, Chris Jones, of course, Super Bowl winner, likely Hall of Famer. Uh, it came out after the Super Bowl uh, via himself at the parade saying, He's not going anywhere, of course, scheduled to be a free agent, scheduled to be many people, including PFF's number one free agent, and he just so happens to play bow, a position the Cardinals desperately need and will spend money on defensive line. However, according to Ian Rappaport earlier today, this is via sources, the Chiefs have picked up, I didn't even know this was a thing, they've picked up the option to potentially pick up the franchise tag option. So basically, Chris Jones, they've retained his rights to franchise tag him, which includes one or $4.25 million in incentives. It was more timing than anything as Jones was due the money. Regardless, if not tagged, he'll be free. But I think this is just a precursor. Like Kansas City Chiefs can make it work by tagging him and just playing it out year to year. And it sounds like maybe he, he'd be okay with it. I don't know, Bo, but this I think this is a precursor to him staying in Kansas City. Yeah, it, it sure is, but it doesn't torpedo in any way the Arizona Cardinals free agency plans, right? And I see in the in the chat, you know, people already starting to throw around, you know, alternatives and better fits anyway. You know, maybe a Justin Metabuke from from Baltimore, and we'll see what his free agent future holds, uh, and and some other names that could could become options for the Cardinals. But yeah, I just I just never envisioned Chris Jones being a realistic option for the Arizona Cardinals outside of his draft year. 
when they fumbled that uh, bag horribly. So, you know, I, and I know his, 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 his combine was uh, eventful for sure. Where, uh, he came spilling out of his uh, wardrobe. What do you call it? His, his unit, his unisuit. I don't know what it was, but um, Chris Jones has done nothing but dominate at the NFL level. He continues to play at a high level. He was dominant in that second half for the Kansas, Kansas city chiefs. And outside of Patrick Mahomes was uh, the number one reason the chiefs are hoisting Lombardi trophy once again. So it's, it's a smart move for them to retain Chris Jones or at least setting the groundwork to do so. And it's also good to know that he was really never in the plans for the Cardinals. Yeah. I, a lot of people saying he's just out for the money and he, I mean, frankly, he has the right to do that. He is a three-time Super Bowl winner, the best defense. He's the best defensive player on all three Super Bowl teams. Think about that. Maybe Tyron Matthew on that first Super Bowl team is like co-defensive MVPs, but he's maybe the best defensive player in the history of their franchise. They got him in the second round. I'll never forget like that draft, not to to go back memory lane or, or nightmare lane, but I, I wanted Robert Kimdichie just like everybody else. I was like, I watched him dominate against Alabama. I Chris Jones was not a player I probably would have been excited about. I didn't see the cachet, and thankfully I'm not the general manager, albeit Steve Kime was, and, and made that egregious error because supposedly, depending on who you talk to, it was between Kim Dietschy and Chris Jones that year. And, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Cardinals will rebound, um, but I'm with people in the chat. He's too expensive. He's too old. If he goes to another team, it's a cash grab. But I think I think they both realize like they've got a good thing going. If they can figure out a way to get a short-term deal done, load it with a bunch of guarantees year to year. You know, I would not be surprised at some point, like does Patrick Mahomes start deferring money? Like how much money is he going to make in his career in endorsements? And, and if he's chasing Tom Brady, that's what Brady did. So, and it also feels like, like they have issues at receiver, but guess what? Just like the Cardinals, like those are going to be addressed in the draft. Like that team knows they can get a receiver at 32. They can get a receiver later on in the draft. Um, yeah. Chris Jones, I think we can officially probably pour one out for anybody holding out hope that the Super Bowl <laughs> will be um, donning his next colors, red and white, with the Arizona Cardinals. However, I do want to quickly pivot because I, I wanted to touch on that because it came down this afternoon. It's a position need for the Cardinals. But what I initially intended to lead with today, Bo, unless you do you have anything else on Chris Jones? No, not really. I mean, it is it is pretty set and done with Chris Jones and you know, him really not hitting the open market and the other 31 teams uh, his chances, they were pretty slim and they're almost uh, non-existent at this point. So yeah, let's just move forward the combo. Yeah. And the combo was MHJ versus Malik neighbors and Malik neighbors is somebody that I think is going, is going to be a good NFL player. I don't know if he's going to be great, or at least I didn't think so. Um, and he's going to be a top 10 pick. Um, how close is he to Marvin Harrison Jr.? What, what skill set does he possess that maybe Marvin doesn't have? Those are all things I like. wasn't in the mood to entertain. And then this chart came out today. And this isn't going to sway my opinion one way or the other, but it is no. one of the most damning charts to some and complimentary to others. This is from Underdog Fantasy's Hayden Winks. He's a great follow at Hayden Winks on Twitter. 2024 wide receiver prospects. He's got all the big-time players on here. At the top, Quote, in the dogs category, there are th roughly three players. Troy Franklin, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then at the tippy top, it's Malik Neighbors. And this is a combination of yards per route run plus first downs per route. Like, look at that. 
Malik Neighbors, according to Hayden Wings via PFF 2023 data, was basically the most productive wide receiver at the collegiate level. And it's no surprise he's playing with Jaden Daniels. What does Marvin Harrison Jr. do if he gets to play with Jaden Daniels, a, a projected top three to five pick? But looking at this chart, Bo, there's so much to dissect here. But, like, how elite is Malik Neighbors? Like, is, should we be talking about this as, like, a 1A, 1B with he and Marvin Harrison Jr.? One chart. We're going to go off one chart and his ability to catch first down. <laughs> well, everybody run. we've had on this podcast that study this is saying that he'd be wide receiver one in any other class. Yeah. Look, I mean, and as people are pointing out, you turn on the highlights and they're unbelievable. I mean, as far as his game breaking playmaking ability, it's, it shows up, it pops. It absolutely does. Um, but you know, the, for him to have the edge and that's what this chart shows. He's just got an edge on Marvin Harrison, Jr. Marvin Harrison, Jr is the uh is the complete package and you know let's go back to it what we want to lean on going forward throughout this draft process draft season johnny is how we kind of uh we really kind of set our draft board it's through analytics yeah analytics that's what i'm talking about does, does malik neighbors have <laughs> can't does, steal that <laughs> i will not be stopped uh until we truly adopt analytics as our own and steal it from colin <laughs> cowherd uh, because it's just unbelievable, but it is Marvin it's, it's, it's Harrison Jr. I mean, I think he'll win you over in every single yeah. analytical uh, just statistic that you're going to find. So, look, I, I, if he can have the like, you're going to look at the numbers. He played with a Heisman winning trophy quarterback. And when you looked at Marvin the previous season, he played with CJ Stroud and his numbers were up. And sometimes it comes down to who's throwing you the football and Kyle McCord. You know, uh, you just look at where he landed after he left Ohio State. He went to Syracuse. Not uh, one of the other big power five big time schools after Ohio State because he knew he probably his days as far as starting at quarterback there were numbered. He was mid at, at best. And Marvin Harrison Jr. still persevered and is still the top receiver in this draft. And yeah, you're going to see like where he falls short is maybe some top statistics and next, uh, I guess, next level analytics. I like this from Jessica Dogalytics. Yeah. Like that fire too. in your gut. Are you a dog? Are you an alpha? <laughs> alpha lytics. Um, people making their case. Like I think we can do one of two things. Like you can compliment Malik Neighbors, but also say, well, your preference is Marvin Harrison Jr. You can like white wine or red wine or whatever you want, light beer or an IPA. It doesn't make it wrong or right. It's just your preference. I happen to think Marvin Harrison Jr. has a higher ceiling based on his physical abilities. But I I can sit here and also say that neighbors tape and what you watch at the collegiate level, it is a better watch. But I think in part because Brian Kelly is an elite offensive head coach at the collegiate level. He played with Brian Thomas Jr., who's on that chart, by the way, who's going to be a first-round pick. And then, as you mentioned, Jaden Daniels. I mean, what did the Ohio State passing game really have outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. last year? It was, it was they pretty had a guy that No, I mean, they had a guy that was going to be ranked ahead of uh, Brian Thomas until he decided to go back to Columbus. Uh, you know, they had another first round caliber wide receiver mm. on that on that team. They did. Not they my, did. Not my favorite. Um okay. They, well, neither is Malik Davers, you said. So I look, I I think that, you know, Malik it, it's it's the different could it be the difference between uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase? Sure. And that's that's a good thing for whichever teams land both of those players. But if you're going to go with, like you're saying, I'm going to lean on the guy that's got the size 
uh, he's got he's the full package. Where I think Malik Neighbors, you can look at it like the game film, the stats, they all are there. Um, but if it's all equal, and then there's one thing that's going to set you know a Marvin Harrison Jr. apart, and instead he's six, nearly six four. I'll take that. Yeah, I think it's the physical traits. Um, because if I if Malik Neighbors was six four, not six feet. I mean, and he plays bigger than his than his physical attributes do, and he's not small. We know small in Arizona. He's not small, but like Marvin projects to be a Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Mike Evans type of player, and that player can go up and high point the ball between multiple defenders. Like if you have a choice between the bigger, longer athlete, if all things are the same, you pick the bigger, longer athlete. And I just I feel like he just has a better feel for the position. But I think Malik Neighbors is an elite level college prospect. And I also think, you know, as somebody points out in the chat, like if if the, it's not a bad place to be if the Cardinals end up taking Malik Neighbors. I I just wonder, you know, from a trade down perspective, how long would a would a Malik Neighbors last? I don't think he lasts beyond the Giants at six, frankly. I think Malik Neighbors, especially I, I Roman Dunsey's a, a good player. I don't think he's in their their category yet. And I know you and Saul Bookman, our GM, love him, but I think Malik Neighbors is gonna if Marvin doesn't participate in the combine, and I don't know if he's going to, I hope to God he does, considering we're going to be there. But if Malik Neighbors is, is the alpha number one and Marvin doesn't participate, I think Malik Neighbors is going to have the best combine of any receiver. And so if you factor that in, then he's got the tape to support it. I don't anticipate the Chargers entertaining him at five. I think Harbaugh firmly wants to take an offensive tackle, one of these two tackles. The Giants have to take him at six. So you know, for everybody saying trade down, you're going to get a great talent. That might be the case, but the players that we're consistently talking about on these sh- on this show that we're previewing in the top six to seven picks, they're not going to be available. They're just they're just not the teams that we've talked about trading down with Vegas, which we're going to get into later. Of the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos, like Malik Neighbors is according to everybody we've spoken with. Any other year, not only wide receiver one, he might be a top three pick in an, in an, in an average year when there's yeah. not three quarterbacks that are going to go one, two, three. So I think it's a testament to him. And obviously, Jaden Daniels, we're going to look back and probably have a better appreciation to, for that LSU team. I saw somebody who's cutting up highlights of Jaden Daniels against Alabama. It was a thing of beauty. So a um, lot of talent in uh, down south and um yeah, you know, it just it begs the question. It's an NFL though, factory. Though. It's an NFL right. factory, just like Ohio State, and you should feel comfortable taking any prospect out of the, out of that uh, out of that program. And can I just set the record straight? Like you, you yeah. threw me in there, you lumped me in there with with Saul, our GM, who has yeah. a Dunze over neighbors. I don't have that as the case. Okay, my mistake. I, my I feel mistake. like I I'm. Smoke. I feel like do we not do a show every day together? You and I. I, I, I have you guys got chummy at the Super Bowl. And no. then you guys were all on the Adunze I, wagon. And what's there, there? There's a lot to love about Roma Dunze, but I've got him as my third receiver. I okay. it, it's Marvin, it's Malik, and it's it's Roma Dunze, and I and yeah. it's not they're not far from each other. But uh, how dare you? How dare you lump me into the, the 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 Rome the Rome crew there? I don't know. I mean, can I, I think, ask you. Can I ask you a yes. question? Where Please. do you? Uh, okay, so you just gave me your top three. Where do you have our boy Keon Coleman, especially after you look at this graphic? One more time with that graphic, Damon Dog. Yeah. Is Keon Coleman the new Hakeem Butler of this draft class? Let's see it. He's like last, last yeah. of last, behind, I don't know, Jacob Cowing and Xavier Worthy and Devontae Walker, Jermaine Burton. 
Keon Coleman's barely eligible to participate on the chart. Does that scare you? I mean, I think we've been sour. The show's been souring on Keon Coleman. There hasn't been a whole lot of Keon Coleman discussion. Remember when the chart came out uh, about a month and a half ago where it was the top three guys we just discussed, and then they had Keon Coleman, and it was the – it was it was a – in this case, it was a four-headed dragon, and you've got like the three menacing dragons, and then one kind of goofy-looking one, and that was Keon Coleman. Unfortunately, you know, uh, when you look at the statistics, he didn't even reach a thousand yards receiving, and that was with Jordan Travis for the bulk of the year until he got knocked out with the broken leg. You know, I, Keon Coleman is is one of those guys that is an athlete as far as what he's going to give you, as far as his his athleticism and his physicality. Like you like it, but can he can he? utilize it can he kind of harness it on a on a down-to-down basis enough for him to be consistent at the nfl level i think that that's where scouts and, and a lot of people are, are looking for more from him and it's going to be key for him and during this draft process to show up and show out but you know i don't think he's like troy franklin who is on this list and i'm not just saying that because he's there like he's i've seen him more often in the first round than than a guy like uh than keon coleman and also a lot of the guys that we saw at the senior bowl I think have been more impressive, uh, you know, since probably mid early November than Keon Coleman that you would be more comfortable taking. Nick, uh, Nika in the chat, Keon Coleman's route running is non-existent. Franklin is better. Eddie's saying Franklin's going to shoot up draft boards. If he shows out at the combine, he is bigger than I thought. Like he's at least six, he's three. six, three. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he's 17 yards per reception in the pack 12 for an Oregon team that liked to throw the football, but that's probably, I mean, if you could, if you could weasel your way into the mid twenties with pick 27 and to, to find a way to get Franklin, if somehow you traded down from four to wherever that would probably be like the next best scenario. Cause we know the Cardinals prefer Marvin Harrison jr. If he's there at four, if not, you're looking at a trade down, probably for an offensive lineman and then coming up for a receiver like Franklin, I think, cause it's funny, you know, we, there's so many different ways to look at four and 27, but if they're trading down and they're trading down to the early teens, I think that removes them. Assuming the neighbors and Odunze are gone and they might not be, especially Odunze that removes them from a wide receiver, because I don't think there's a fourth wide receiver that's worth a top 15 pick right now, but there are multiple tackles that you could talk yourself into 11, 12, 13. And then on the flip side, getting aggressive with 27 to make sure you don't exit the first round with nothing at at pass catcher. Well, yeah, that's the disparity between the top three guys and then the next wave, which it it's not an indictment on this receiver class. It's still as deep as it, it ever will be. I think when you look at a guy like Troy Franklin, like what he could project as is a steady one. Right. And that's great. That's that's tremendous, especially if you're able to get him somewhere at the end of the first round. But what neighbors, what even a Dunze brings to the table, most most importantly, Marvin Harrison Jr. bring to the table are like elite playmakers that are going to be at the top of the league. Like that type of playmaking, it's tough to replicate. Like you can get steady playmaking, but this the stuff, game changing stuff, the, these three receivers, they offer that. Uh they they made, you know, two of these three guys made quarterbacks in this draft in a Dunze yeah. for, for Michael Penix and uh, Malik neighbors and Jaden Daniels. So, uh, and then of course, Marvin Harrison jr. Has just been doing it since he got to the to college level and, and was with CJ Stroud. And, th- and then Kyle McCord was able to take his mid skill set 
and, and maximize it. Daniel in the chat, it is tough because both LSU and Ohio State have produced great receivers. Yeah, I mean, name the last Ohio State receiver that's disappointed in the NFL that had real expectations. I think Garrett Wilson in New York has been a victim of circumstance with his quarterbacks, and I think he still finds a way to get over a thousand yards. And Garrett Wil- Wilson with Kyler Murray is a different story. And then, of course, Chris Olave, who this podcast loved. I was literally probably like 10 rows up at the combine with Saul that year watching Chris Olave run his 40 time. And it was just like they just they're built differently at Ohio State and LSU at LSU. Every every other year they have an elite wide receiver prospect. So it's a good problem to have. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about a potential trade down and we're going to loop in the Las Vegas Raiders because the situation surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo is is dire to the point where the, the, the Vegas Raiders are just going to outright release Jimmy G, which means they're going to be heading into the offseason with Aiden O'Connell and a big bucket of nothing. But uh, speaking of your bucket, you can fill it right now with some bonus bets with our friends at BetMGM. Bet5, get 150 instantly. I don't know if you need to hear this or not, but ahead of the um, All-Star break, Phoenix Suns, white hot. And uh, you can get in on the action right now. Dabble with our friends at BetMGM. Place a five spot. Put on any NBA game, NHL, whatever. It's just got to be a standard odd price bet. Five bucks is going to net you 150 in bonus bets for news customers, regardless of the outcome of your wager. So your bet could hit. Great. You win your winnings plus your bonus bets. If it loses, you still get 150. Count it 150 in bonus bets. What you got to do, you got to download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on your iOS or Android, or visit our friends at betmgm.com. Tell them PHNX sent you with the bonus code. You guessed it, PHNX. Again, 5 bucks equals 150 Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to Damon Dog talk about it in the disclaimer. Promo call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Let's talk about more ways to win. And you can win always with our friends over at Arizona Lottery. And they've got a great promotion. It's called Arizona Adventure. There's a couple ways that you can cash in here and win money and prizes from our friends over at Arizona Lottery. They've got the unique new ticket promotion, Arizona Adventure. There's three ways to play big and win big. Uh, Arizona Adventure Lottery tickets. You've got three iconic landscapes that you can just purchase and scratch off like usual. Cacho Peak, Monument Valley, Camelback Mountain. And these tickets have prizes up to 50 grand. That's great. Everybody could use an extra 50 grand in their pocket. Or you could visit azadventure.com for details and directions to where you can go out. And when you're out adventuring, you could check in and use the geolocated adventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma, even down south to Tucson. It's unbelievable what Arizona Lottery is doing. Don't miss out on this incredible promotion, the AZ Adventure. Go visit azadventure.com for more information and how you can take an adventure for a chance to win $1 million in cash in Arizona travel prizes. Lots of prizes to be had. Are the Cardinals going to cash in on a big-time prize via the NFL draft? It's just three months away, and we're going to be breaking it down every step of the way. But, Bo, I thought it was very appropriate today. I did not know that the Las Vegas Raiders had planned on potentially moving off Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. I thought they'd at least bring him to camp. But now, supposedly, it was all but predetermined before today's news. The news being Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games into the 2024 season 
for I don't know PEDs. Um, yeah. So uh, keeping that chin strong as Jimmy G would. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a non-factor, and there's even reports of people saying like, could his NFL career be done? But all but a sure thing, both the Vegas Raiders are releasing their starting quarterback from last year that signed a multi-year deal, not on the team. Aiden O'Connell, not a real option. I would say, Damon Dog, pull up the top 10 in the NFL draft order, but Raiders aren't in the top 10. They won too many games last year. They are outside looking in. Does this make, in your opinion, the Vegas Raiders public enemy number one uh, in the best possible way to trade up with either New England or the Arizona Cardinals at four? No, I mean, I think that they join a group, and I think they were firmly in this group already. I mean, okay. you, you were starting to hear it with, uh, you know, the the connection between Antonio Pierce, who's the Raiders head coach now, promoted from interim to uh, to full-time head coach, and that he's got a relationship with Jaden Daniels back dating back to their ASU days. And, you know, just playing simple, connecting the dots, but also just looking at that quarterback room. And when we were out there at Radio Row, I mean, Aiden O'Connell was was – he was the guy like he was the he was out there acting as starting quarterback for the Raiders, you know, doing interviews and, and being seen and a man among about town as QB one yeah. for the Raiders. So I'm sure they're not content with that by any means. I'm sure they like Aiden O'Connell, but he's still got a long way to go. Or is he ever going to be truly a starting quarterback in this league? But yeah, the Raiders are always a team that they are. They're a wild card, you know, with their ownership and they're it seems like there's been no consistency, no continuity with that organization. And, you know, at the drop of the hat, they could, they could drop three first round picks to potentially move up and get a, a one of these quarterbacks. Absolutely. So um, like, wh- what do they do as far as the kind of, what do they do as far as striking fear into Cardinals fans hearts? I mean, nothing right now, they're pretty harmless, but this Jimmy G stuff, it's just like, uh, you, you felt like his, his time was was done, right? The, the Raiders got damaged goods from the Niners as far as Jimmy G went. And for him to get a pop for a PED violation, like, what are we doing here? I mean, is it is it to keep and maintain that beach body at this point? Because it's not to play football any longer. No, he's trying to broadcast after. He's looking, looking good like a, like a Mark Sanchez or a Brady Quinn post his NFL playing career. I have no idea if he can talk on air. But, yeah, I – He's cashed one final check, it feels like, for the Vegas Raiders, and and his career might be over, which is uh, a shame for him, but uh, clarity for the folks in Vegas. It's funny. Like, you look at the top 10, and let's pull it up for the sake of this conversation. You know, on the surface level, you could say, well, a lot of these teams need quarterbacks, but then you think about, okay, the top three, we're all in agreement. QB should go one, two, three. We know the Cardinals and the Chargers are out of the QB market. The Giants have come out and said they're not going to draft one. Now, we'll see if that remains to be true. They're just going to bring in competition for Daniel Jones. Maybe a second rounder, maybe a free agent. Titans, the the GM that drafted Will Levis is still there. Ron Carthon, yeah, I, I feel so bad for the for the Giants, by the way, their fan base. No, I, it's great. They're, they stay. <laughs> I don't like them at all. They <laughs> The Falcons on this list appear like the only team because the Bears are going to get their quarterback. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. The Falcons feel like the only team that could trade up. Am I wrong here? In the top 10. Yeah, just about. I mean, that would be aggressive enough to do so for sure. And then, okay, so outside the top 10, then it becomes you have much more clarity. And I'm calling this murderer's row until I hear otherwise. I've got Minnesota, who is easily 
number one on my board right now. Because even if they bring back Kirk Cousins, he's not going to play until October at the earliest. Minnesota's picking 11. Denver is picking 12. Vegas is at 13. I'll throw New Orleans in there at 14. 11, 12, 13, 14. Those three teams, 11, 12, 13, when you got Minnesota, the Broncos, and um, the Vikings, or the Vikings, the Broncos. I already forgot. Gosh darn it. Saints. And now here it is. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos, and the team we're just talking about, the Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Like all three of those teams are in a desperate desperate spot and all have been out, like basically saying, like, we need a quarterback. So if knowing that and knowing that the expectation is multiple first-round picks, do you have a preference from one of those three teams given the state of the roster with with potential star players to deal from? And, you know, I'll just put you on the spot. Like, the, their, their draft pick situation, any of those teams pop off to you of like, of course I would want their picks and their players. Um, I, I just think, like, none of them really give you too much upside. Like, they're going to be – they're just going to be good enough to be dangerous to your draft pick, but they're not going to like, they're fooling themselves if they think that they're going to be good enough to really make any noise in the NFL soon, like under the con the, the first contract that Sean Payton has signed. And yeah. you know what, what's really going to happen. What's what's life look like on a day-to-day basis is Antonio Pierce really going to be the leader of men that he was, or this is there going to be consistent buy-in now that he's the lead guy for the Raiders, you know, and then, you know, the Vikings, they've got probably the best roster. I, I, I just do. don't know if you, if you want to mess with them that, that much, but what are we talking about here? We're talking about if Marvin is off the board and, and you're looking for a team yeah, that's going to be hungry for one of the quarterbacks remaining a Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. It's tough because I don't think I want it. The more I think about it, the Vikings don't do a lot for me, even though they have the highest pick. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I think they've got a pretty competent coach. And I think the NFC is, I mean, if they were to hit on a quarterback, C.J. Stroud style, or even like 80% of C.J., let's say they they trade up, they get Jaden Daniels. I mean, like they're. I feel like that coaching staff and the talent level on their team is good enough every year to get seven, eight, nine wins. Yeah. So like a future one from them, I think we'd be in the same spot as last year. And then on the flip side, it's like, okay, Denver and the Raiders play in the AFC. They play in the AFC West, which is about to be a gauntlet. But, like, you really want to be picking 12 or 13 in this draft? You want to be picking 13? If Vegas calls you, if you're Monty Austin for it, they're like, we want Jaden Daniels. We're going to give you 13 and a couple extra picks and maybe a a mid-level player. You want to go from 4 to 13 in this draft? that would be a tough pill to swallow for your franchise, for your fan base. And I, I get like, it could be three future top 10 picks for all I know, but that's a long way to go for Austin Ford. I mean, think about like the bears traded down last year with Carolina. I mean, wasn't that not that far? It was like six yeah. or seven picks, right? I think when you're looking at like who the most volatile organizations are, it's it's probably Vegas and then throw back in uh, New Orleans. Like New Orleans is in cap hell still. They as far as their drafting, it's it hasn't been spot on as it was uh, when Loomis was working with with Sean Payton, and that they're a lot of their stars stars have aged, and that they're staring down a rebuild, and that like really poor quarterback play could put them in a position to to really just fall apart. The wheels completely fall off. So I don't know. I mean. It's you're right. Like that, you, you don't want to have to be in a spot to that. Those are the teams that you're negotiating with. But 
when you look at the top 10, yeah, there's really just one team that you're going to be able to leverage enough for them to come up and, and get your pick, but also stay in a position to get a top 10 caliber prospect. Yeah. I just, I feel your, the, the watered down effect of the, the trade situation with some of these teams and who knows, like Tennessee may change their mind on Will Levis and say, we're going to come up and that would be a, a perfect opportunity to go from four to seven. That would be like the ideal sweet spot. Cause I think you could get Tennessee's one next year from going up from, from four to seven, pay the QB tax and then still assure yourself a top tackle or receiver. I, I think that'd be a great place for Austin Ford. Uh, top G Broncos and PS2, but doubt they do it. They would have to. There's no way I'm going with with any of those teams without a quality starter, especially now the Broncos and the Raiders, like 12 and 13, we need, we need like one of your best players on your roster. You want to come up for your quarterback? Like there's not enough first-round picks you can give me. You're only allowed to give three first-rounders, by the way. A lot of people don't know this. So they can give their first this year, which is a first-round swap. So you're losing value on that. Then they can give you their ones in 2025 and 2026. I feel like I think you need one more on top of that. So, like, would you take Devontae Adams from the Las Vegas Raiders if they offered him up as a throw-in? You're making a face right now. Too old, too expensive for you? No, I just think we're, we're getting a little crazy right now. I think we're getting a little... No, that's what Fridays are for. A little wild. I, I, I don't know. I just don't... I mean, first and foremost, I think that if if the board falls how we anticipated falling the Arizona Cardinals, this is all a moot point, right? And just go get yourself Marvin Harrison Jr., call it a day, and figure out what you're going to do at 27 or if there's somebody that you feel like you want to move up for. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I think, yeah, when you get into guys like Devontae Adams is not equal to Patrick Sertan. Now, I know that the resume is way, way, way impressive. And well, no, need, I agree with that. You need a, you need a playmaking wide wide receiver still uh but i just don't think that they want to take on a guy with at that age that contract i just don't think it fits in any way possible uh agent 47 no way monty will give up mhj to the bears i yeah i don't the chicago bears let's see what they get for justin fields let's see how much ammo they have and let's see what a lot of these teams do in free agency like free agency is going to tip the hand of a lot of these franchises but i do i do wonder bo at when Fields is, is traded and the dust settles there, wherever he goes, then it becomes whom? Russell Wilson? You wait on that if you're a lot of these teams. Ryan Tannehill? I mean, like, the, it's like musical chairs with, like, mid-level quarterbacks. There's going to be, like, four or five franchises that don't get somebody that's at least competent to start open their season for them. And then we start to circle those teams as, okay, it's game on. And I think potentially we could see if the Patriots decide they want more picks. Yeah. I think after the, the free agency dust is settled, then we pivot to a trade down and a trade up from somebody in the, in the early teens. Yeah. That, that, that's probably the worst of all realities, isn't it? What? Just having a deal like that, that would, like our draft party would be lame. Like nobody would what? be in Why? on that. Oh, going from four <laughs> to like thirteen. Yeah, yeah. That would no, be, I'm, I, I'm saying we're all over the place here on a Friday. I'm yeah. saying, or maybe it's just me. I'm saying that I think after free agency wave one is ended, and mm. Tannehill signed, and Russell Wilson has a new team, and Justin Fields, and whoever hell is out there. Um, once those players have picked their teams then I think somebody is going to call New England, maybe even beforehand, and say, 
we want to come up to three. Are you interested? Uh-huh. And then maybe we see a deal. So yeah. I, here's what's going to happen. Then follow me on this. Mm-hmm. I think a team like the Patriots, I think the Patriots, what if they go out and they get Russell Wilson and then everybody's going to go nuts on the Twitter streets like they're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think it could be just as likely that they said, okay, we have our placeholder for this year. Now we can trade down. I could see that being a reality. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they they would probably, I, I see them as a franchise that would absolutely get somebody that could vie for a starting position, whether it is a Tannehill, whether it is a Russ, or, or even if they, they get aggressive and they get a guy like Justin Fields, if that they are going to keep us on our toes uh, for the, for the majority of the draft process. And it's going to be tough to figure it out, like what direction they're going to go, but most likely it probably is going to stand in the same place it is right now where they still would be best suited for a trade down to accumulate assets. Uh, I'll tell you what's a dream that you can make a reality is our friends at circle K Uh, it's America's thirst stop. And this weekend, perfect chance for you to join the inner circle load up on some premium gas at not a premium price. Join the inner circle for free right now by downloading the circle K app. Here's what it's going to get you. We well, get a free new membership program download to your smart device. Plus you're going to save 25 cents per gallon on your first count them five Phillips. You got a road trip you're taking this weekend with the fam. We'll buckle up. Circle K is going to hook you up with uh, 25 cents off per gallon on your first five Phillips plus th- save three cents per gallon every single day. So basically if you're downloading this app and you're joining the inner circle, you're saving money at circle K every single time you go. It's not a one-off. 25 cents for five and then three cents every day after the fact, plus every six free selection on pizza, ice cold fountain drinks, coffee. I mean, I I drink coffee every day. That means I'm getting a free coffee every six day, which is fantastic. So is the inner circle app downloaded today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. You don't know where to go. Visit circlek.com slash store dash locator. When you're out and about driving around to find the nearest circle K to you. Tough to beat what's going on at Circle K. Tough to beat what's going on as far as all these mock drafts we're receiving, right, Johnny? Um, every day, every single time I open up the Twitter, the X app, whatever you uh, – I intend on calling it Twitter for the remainder of my days. But uh seem to be added with another mock draft, and I think it's time to call attention to some of these impressive mock drafts. They're in our Discord as well. Yep. Um, let's take a look at them. Producer Damon Dog, let's just start firing these up on the screen. Take a look at them. So our first draft here, can you tell me who this is, Damon? This is from K1 Day 1. Uh, great okay. follow on Twitter. Beautiful. Sent this, sent this to me yesterday. And uh, listen, this, this is probably one of the best ones I've seen Bo in some time. Yeah, starting with Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's a, that's a good start. Tyler Guyton sticking and picking at 27, the Oklahoma tackle. Chop Robinson at the top of the second round, 35th overall, the edge out of Penn State. Then he starts to dial up the phones, get on there, and pulled off a trade with the uh, with the Cleveland Browns and got a haul of picks to move down. Got uh, back into the second round for a 55th overall selection to Vondre Sweat. So he's starting to address the interior of that defensive line Got uh, Jarvis Brownlee Jr., who is a cornerback who starred at the uh, Senior Bowl this year, uh, was a big name, was a fast riser. Of course, he went to Louisville, which is the alma mater of, of Jonathan Gannon, but Brownlee had a huge Senior Bowl. And then you've got uh, Malachi Corley. He's a wide receiver at a 
West, uh, what is that? Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. And then you got Bucky Irving, the uh, good running back there out of Oregon. I got to say, this is, I agree with you. This is a lock. This is a rock solid mock. Malachi, a fast riser for Cardinal fans. And you know me, I would love to double dip on this receiver class. And uh, Tyler Guyton wants to be a Cardinal. I don't know if he's there at 27. I think he's a tremendous, tremendous talent out of the University of Oklahoma. PFF doesn't love Chop Robinson, so I, you know that skews the grade a little bit. I, Chop Robinson's a top 40 to 50 prospect for me, so I have no issue. And then, hey, I like the aggressiveness with the trade. Absolutely. like Go down and get more picks. We saw Austin Ford and company make the most of their fifth and sixth round picks last year, specifically Dante Stills in the sixth round. So, uh, yeah, this is this is an A draft for me. No surprise uh, from our guy K1, day one mock. Uh, let me cue another one up here. How about Lou? Lou's mock, Bo Brock. What do you think about this here uh, coming with the heat via the pro football mock draft simulator? And uh, I, I, you talk about blue chips at the top of this one. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson in particular, a darling of many in the Cardinal community. It's interesting that he's able to get uh, JPJ there at 27. So you get him on the potential five-year deal. And then at the top of the second round, he's able to get Tyler Guyton. And of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. is his fourth overall pick. And then you start to look, okay, so you've got your offensive line of the future locked in. You've got Paris Johnson Jr. probably switching over to left tackle. You've got Guyton as your right tackle. And then you've got JPJ maybe playing some left guard to start his career, but then pop into the center position once uh, Yelda Froholtz contract is up or, or flip-flop those guys. But your your offensive line is set for, for many years to come. And then you start to look at a couple more needs. He goes to Kansas in the third round. Austin and Booker, the edge there. Uh, you got Brandon uh, Dor- Dorless out of Oregon as your interior defensive lineman is one of your third-round picks. And then finalizing your three of three third-round picks, DJ James, an SEC cornerback out of Auburn. You got to really like this from our guy, our diehard, Sweet Lou Dog, dropping some uh, a real nice mock draft. Somebody get Sweet Lou in the war room this year because uh, this is about <laughs> as chalk making it rain as you can get. Um, DJ James in particular, a favorite of mine, but I, the Cardinals, listen, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to say, where's the defense early in the draft? lean into the draft strength. That's why they have to address defense and free agency and then let the let the board fall to you. Like, I don't care. I don't care if Paris last year, number one pick plays offense and then their first three picks this year play offense. You just, I'm sorry, draft the best players. If you want to draft for need, you would have drafted Tyree Wilson last year and that would have been a huge flipping disaster. So they took a tackle. Yes, they had a surplus at tackle. And then look, by the way, Paris Johnson Jr. should have been on the all-rookie team, was fantastic. Those are likely the best players there. Certainly Marvin. Jackson Powers Johnson, according to PFF, should have been picked five spots before, and we both love Tyler Guyton. That's a steal at 35. So um, love what I'm seeing from Lou. How about our guy Jordan, or gal, here in the mock draft? Uh, and this is, a, this is a different simulator that he ended up using here, but the results speak for themselves, Bo. Yeah, it looks, looks cool. It's a lot cooler looking, sleeker, uh, I guess, Setup than PFF, but he goes Marvin Harrison Jr. We're three for three there. Also, we're three for three, but in different scenarios, but two out of three with 27th overall, taking Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, uh, who you and I are skeptical whether or not he'll be there or not, as he was kind of a fast riser, a trendy name at the uh, combine. Then he's going to go to the Iowa State and take TJ Tampa, the cornerback, 35th overall. 
uh, from the Cyclones there. So they're starting to address the secondary. Then you've got Cedric Von Prahn, the center out of Georgia, with your first of three third-round selections. Defensive lineman Michael Hall Jr., a 20-year-old interior defensive lineman from Ohio State. Darius Robinson hangs on until pick 90. That's a great value pick there after the senior bowl he just had. And then Lawrence Leonard Taylor third. he's going to take uh, the D lineman out of Miami. So after kind of waiting on the interior defensive line goes back to back to back, all three or third rounders are interior defensive linemen. And uh, this looks pretty good. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know about TJ Tampa. I don't know about Von Prahn. I know that he's he's played some big downs for the Bulldogs down there in Athens. But you know, you can't you can't really kind of argue with his top two picks and his final three picks. I love the center guard combination. I, I'm a big Van Prahn fan, uh, especially just being the center of the dynasty for the Georgia Bulldogs. Like that, that's not going to bother me. This is a low-key great interior offensive line class in conjunction with how special it is of a tackle class. So, again, as long as you're you're making a case for these guys, I'm, I'm absolutely for it. And plus, we're seeing, like, positional values prioritize when they need to. Like, first two picks, tackle and receiver. Darius Robinson, third-rounder, premium position edge rusher. And then you can supplement interior O-line, which I know they value here and there. But, like, we're not seeing – off-ball linebackers and safeties and a bunch of cockamamie positions. There's typically an average of one to two corners in every mock that we review. So, I mean, you can make your case for a lot of players, but I, I the position is is just as important. Let's check out our guy Benjamin is up next. Benjamin's mock draft. This one, I believe, is from the PFF mock draft simulator. A uh, lot of usual cast of characters here, and there's no surprise that the letter grade bow starts and ends with A, and uh, if 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 you're thinking to yourself, we can tackle offensive line of free agency, this might be one of the best ones I've seen. Absolutely. I mean, this I've never seen a report card that looks this good before. A plus, never. A minus, A minus, A, A minus, A minus. Starting, and we're four for four now, Marvin Harrison Jr., fourth overall. Then yes. going with Byron Murphy, the second with the 27th overall selection. Then staying on the interior of the defensive line bump out to play some edge Darius Robinson in Missouri that we talked to on radio row said he'd be cool to come to Arizona. Didn't he say that to you, Johnny Edrin yeah, yes. Cooper, the linebacker from Texas A&M at 66. That's your first third round pick. Mike uh, Sanistrill had the pick in the national championship game in six this season for the national champion, Michigan Wolverines. And then the big bodied six, seven wide receiver out of Florida state, Johnny Wilson, uh, with your final third round pick. Now, people, I don't know, Wilson, I wasn't getting good vibes out of Wilson in, in the way that people were talking about him at the Senior Bowl, still trying to figure out you know, how he fits, what's his position fit at the next level. Does he have the separation ability? But 6'7", he's big, uh, started ASU, ended his college career at Florida State. Uh, this is a this is a solid draft from Benjamin as well. Uh, I like it. I really do. At, at 27 with Byron Murphy and then going back and, and taking Darius Robinson kind of resembles what you did with your mock draft, Johnny, um, on in that you have on gophnx.com. Yeah, if, the, if a player of the caliber of Byron Murphy makes it to their second pick, that all but, I think, redeems the, the Houston pick. Because I think Byron Murphy, and I put this in my mock, he is one dominant combine performance away from not only being defensive tackle number one, but being a top 20, top 15 pick in this draft. I mean, that that position's a premium position, in my opinion. And then you think about 
I like the guys atop this defensive line class, but then it can get a little sparse. Like if you're a team that's picking 14, 15, 16, 17, would you rather have the fifth best tackle, the fifth or sixth best receiver, or the number one defensive lineman in this class? And I think that that's what he is. And by the way, you know, we talk about Michigan and their and their front seven a lot on this show, and it was elite under Harbaugh, and they won a national championship. I still contend that I think, even with a loss against Washington, I think Texas had the best defensive line in the country. And we see it now come to fruition in these mock drafts and in draft prospect rankings. Sweat and Byron Murphy were unblockable against Alabama. They dominated that game. And I think, you know, Washington won that game against Texas because they spread them out and they just had elite caliber athletes running around. A Dunsey, say what you want about Michael Penix, throwing the football like, but Texas, they controlled the line of scrimmage in most every game they played. So, I mean, like, I would be enthralled. Harrison and Byron Murphy, that combination, like, get the Pro Bowls ready. Get 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 the jersey sales ready. Those those are two blue-chip cornerstone players of your roster. It would be a home run. Yeah, I mean, Cardinals fans are used to seeing, you know, great play at the wide receiver position, but we haven't seen great, great play from an interior defensive lineman. I mean, like... J.J. Watt in his final season was playing kind of outside, like yeah. playing an edge, kind of four, three, three, four. I mean, he he was he was in there and he was he was disruptive, but like we haven't seen it really since the Clay's Campbell, Darnell Dockett days. Consistent, like, right? We got right. one kind of flash in the pan season from J.J. on a bad team, right? So let's. How many more mock drafts do we have? One more, two more. We've got two more. We've got next right. up is is Philly mock. Uh, hopefully he's not from Philadelphia and hates JG, but he, you know what Philly did? Philly just said, F it. I'm going to do the entire first round, which I love that. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that eventually on this show. Philly mock bringing the heat. Obviously Marvin at four bow Cooper DeGene at seven. That's, that's certainly a choice. A lot, mm-hmm. lot of Bama players uh, in this mock. I, I think I count five first rounders for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, it's uh, it would be a big, big class for for Bama, but yeah, I mean, it's still five for five. Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Arizona Cardinals at fourth overall, and then twenty seventh overall. I've heard this one as well. Tyler Guyton going to the Cardinals, and it's like that conversation's interesting. Like if Tyler Guyton isn't on the board, or if he's in the conversation, and you start to look at where the Arizona Cardinals could go, and I, and I've said this, I maintain this, like you go with the tackle position, right? But the Arizona Cardinals, they need probably another tackle. They certainly need a left guard. And then you start to go off what you were kind of talking about with the defensive line. Would you want a top defensive lineman or would you want the fifth or fifth or sixth best wide receiver? Like if you start to maybe bump inside at the guard position, can you find some value there? You start to look at JPJ, uh, you know, Jackson Powers Johnson or Graham Barton out of Duke. Um, just look for the best offensive lineman that could potentially start day one for you at 27, regardless if it's a tackle or interior. I, I know people value, including myself, tackle over guards. Yeah, I think the, the Cardinals are going to show their hand in free agency. You and I have kind of talked about this off air. Like, are they going to go out and sign a big name left guard? Well, then that would kind of put the fire out here of, of making that a need. Or are they going to try to band-aid a couple positions while leaving themselves open? Can you go find the next yell to fold, hold a guard, or even right tackle, depending on what happens with Kelvin Beecham and G.J. Humphreys? I, I think I'm with you, though. Like To me, it would be a foolish, foolish mistake to not come out of this draft with one of, without one of these tackles. It's just it, it, there's too many of them, and you have too many picks. 
especially if you don't get Marvin. Like, I think the first if they don't get Marvin Harrison Jr., I I feel more confident than I have been that the tackle is going to be in play just because of who they're going to potentially trade down with. Because as you saw in that mock, like Alu Fashion was available, which I don't think is likely, but like, are you going to take Troy Franklin or Brian Thomas Jr. in like 13th or 14th overall? Probably not, right? But you're there's like three or four tackles that they could talk themselves into at that position. So I, I don't know. I feel like right now it's it's an offensive heavy draft, so you'd be foolish not to lean in on it. And I also feel like for the Cardinals in particular, Kyler Murray is your investment. You have to surround Kyler Murray with cheap assets via the draft so they can elevate each other. Then go spend money in free agency defensively. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's the path forward, not everybody builds the, their team the same way. There are teams that are going to prioritize defense and they have a bridge quarterback and they're going to try to win games a certain way. You can pay Kyler Murray $50 million a year. If you're not paying Marvin anything, if you're not paying T- Paris and Tyler Guyton and some of these guys, cheap running back eventually, Trey McBride's on a rookie deal, then that all works in conjunction with each other. And then you can go out and you can buy a defense in free agency. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can make it just a clean sweep here. Is it going to be six Kevin. for six? Marvin yes. Harrison Jr. is the top pick for the Arizona Cardinals, fourth overall. There it Here's is. Kevin. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. And Tyler Guyton again. I mean, Tyler Guyton's been in basically every one of these mocks. He's a fan uh, of the Cardinals. He's a fan of the people on this show. Makes sense. <laughs> Darius Robinson, who's the edge from uh, from Missouri. Jalen McMillan, another wide receiver. Johnny, you got to like him. that. Dwayne Carter, the interior. Now he's, now he's starting to build the the trenches on the defensive front, Dwayne Carter at a Duke and then McKinley John Jackson at a Texas A&M. I like this one as well. I think everybody crushed it. it there's a lot of uh group think here. Um, and, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, when you look at Oklahoma, you look at Ohio state, they just are NFL factories. Um, you know, they're still playing in with, in Norman with some of the leftovers from Lincoln Riley. And, you know, you've got some really talented players still there. So, I loved all six of these drafts. I think I would sign up basically for each and every one of them uh, if if the Arizona Cardinals are bringing home the prospects that that our listeners, part of the PHNX community, drafted for them. Uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr., though, it was number one in all of these mocks. I was just double-checking um, on our PFF mock draft, or not PFF, our mock draft tracker, gophnx.com, 80-plus yeah. percent Marvin Harrison Jr., and the ones that don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. It's because Marvin is gone. So in no scenario that I've seen that I can, we can talk ourselves into is Marvin Harrison Jr. passed on by the Arizona Cardinals. Like it just there are there are some places that are painting that right now as an option. Find me find me that person with you know decent information that could look us in the eye, who have watched the tape, knows this team, their needs, and say you can afford to pass on him at four. You just Come on, if if you're not taking Marvin at four, and you're in the business of drafting players, like you, maybe you shouldn't be picking players. Like I, yeah. I would. Would you question Austin Ford and his ability to evaluate if he did that? I would, even after last year's draft. I would say, we 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 might have a problem here. Even after you watch Michael Wilson play and and Garrett Williams, and you saw some yes guys yes. later in the round, you would. I mean, it's, I mean, it's that he hasn't kind of it, pro bowler yet. Let's let's see how they. I want them to all be pro bowlers. I think I think Paris is going to be a pro bowler. But hang on, it's, I'm people are saying I'm too fanboy sometimes. This is me being impartial and saying you pass on Marvin. Like, 
how much yeah. pressure does that put I, on the player that you draft? Right. No, for sure. And I, I think that that, that plays into it for money. And that's why it's a very unlikely scenario. It's, it's a very big hypothetical question. Giordano wants to know what our favorite mock was, Johnny. Which, which one stood out to you? Oh, man. Well, they're all great. They're all aces. I think the first one was the best one by far. From K1, um, from day one. Uh, yeah. That was the first one. This this one right here. Sorry, uh, Damon Dog. I'm clicking buttons. So, I yes, I agree with that. But, I mean, I also loved the one that had Darius Robinson and Byron Murphy going 27-35 to the Cardinals. Speaking of K1 on day one, I'm give him a shout-out on Twitter. Because I haven't been able to find this while you were reading the final mock, but he he posted this. He said Benjamin Albright is saying that the Bears have decided that uh, Caleb Williams is going to go number one overall. So I'm guessing that maybe Kate one since day one was listening. Well, what to... about the president just two <laughs> days ago saying all those nice complimentary things about Justin Fields? What about that? Somebody check in on my guy Greg Braggs too. Is, yeah, is he'll, he okay? yeah, he'll be able to <laughs> I think I think he'll be able to take he's a back big... in the t- he's in the Taco Bell drive through again already. Greg Braggs, a big sweetheart. Check him out. CHGO <laughs> Bears taking his shirt off at Radio Row. Hopefully taking his shirt off at the NFL Combine. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. Do we get a Fields trade? If this is true, let's just assume this is true. Uh, do we get a Fields trade before the Combine? It probably is gonna happen at the Combine, right? I mean, that's where the GMs are in basically in the same room together. And a lot of deals are negotiated right there. I wouldn't be shocked if it's, I mean, it, before would help some of the teams as far as their team building and their approach. But at the same time, I, I think that, you know, it can happen while we're in Indy and then, uh, or shortly after. Yeah. I think Justin Fields' time in Chicago has about a lifespan of about three weeks uh, max. And then, then we'll be able to all move on. And then everybody here, Here's what I was thinking about the other day. I was looking at mocks, putting together mine, and I'm like, is this going to be one of the first drafts in a while where, like, as much as we're excited for it, the first several picks are going to be predetermined, like, weeks in advance? Is this going to be one of the most accurate top tens of all time? Not because we're all geniuses and we can all peg this out, but because these players are so elite this year, and it feels like, these these picks are predetermined because the needs are so obvious. Like the top three teams desperately need a quarterback and the Cardinals desperately need Marvin and Harbaugh wants to tackle and the Giants will take neighbors. It just, it feels like we're in a position. I think the Titans are going to go tackle Alu Fashion or Joe Alt, whomever doesn't get picked. If there's a year to, to, to bet on the positions with our friends at BetMGM, like this feels like the year. Like if you can get decent odds on Caleb Williams right now, first overall, or you can get decent odds on a quarterback to the Patriots or quarterback going three. You you take that right now. Because I think, I, as much as I love our props ahead of draft season, it could dry up in early April. And you might have to be looking at, like, the second and third round. I mean, there, there's so many different, like, ebbs and flows to this. And it just, like, post after the Super Bowl, you know, you have a little bit with the Senior Bowl, and you've got some risers there. But, like, the combine really is going to take catapult some guys and, and yeah. shake up draft boards and, and the moves that are going to happen, uh, you know, at, at the combine potentially shortly after and before free agency. And then free agency is also going to play a big role in that. Like what we know to be true today, isn't going to be the same as it is going to be drafted. But I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I think like, I, I think it's, we're starting to kind of become like weather forecasters in Arizona instead of, you know, somewhere like 
in like in Florida, like where you have to forecast rain at, like a, a bunch and you can be wrong a lot. Right. I, I think with it, it's, it's becoming with all the information that we have and the scouting intel and, and really truly understanding these prospects and how good they be they, they can be and, and kind of taking out some of the guys that have large bust ability. Um, like you're still going to see bus, right. And it's still going to happen, but I think teams are, are doing their homework more than ever. And so are fans. So we're going to have breaking news here from Benjamin Albright uh, momentarily, but I, I want to tell everybody first, I got breaking news for you. The best credit union is a local credit union and it's the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals. It's desert financial credit union for more than 84 years. Desert financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, dedicating and creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make life better. They've made my life better. Best checking account I've ever had on top of that. Savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. No better place than to dabble with our friends at Desert Financial. Represent the Red Sea with the Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. I got mine right here. No, you can't see it, but it is elite. You can get your own right now. Go to desertfinancial.com slash cardinals to get started. It takes a matter of minutes to get a free brand new spanking checking account. Debit card will be in the mail a couple days after the fact. I promise you, I'm always looking for ATMs. I'm always looking for a bank. This is the one I've opted to go with, and there are a ton of locations, quick, fast, and efficient to get you your money on top of everything else. Desert Financial Credit Union, do not hesitate. Get there now. And we're always trying to put you in a position to win more money. And Prize Picks is always trying to do that for you as well. What's Prize Picks? It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest, most exciting way for daily fantasy sports. It's just against the numbers. Instead of betting thousands of other players, why would you do that, including pros and sharks? You pick more than or less than. More or less. That's all you have to decide, Johnny. It's that simple. You could do that, can't you? I can't. Are you gonna yeah. are you gonna have more than two and a half beers tonight after the show? Depends. Probably, I don't know, probably less. <laughs> Man, maybe, maybe price picks isn't for you, but it's for me. It's a simple answer. It's more. Uh two to six players <laughs> in stack combo and projections to watch and watch the winnings roll in. You can turn a ten dollars into a thousand dollars. It's that easy. We love playing it. Uh, it was great to get back in the state of Arizona because we couldn't do it in Nevada. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash PHNX and use the code PHNX for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash PHNX. Use the code PHNX for daily fantasy sports made easy. We love, of course, prize picks. They were one of our big sponsors during the Super Bowl. Uh, prize picks more or less it simplifies daily fantasy sports for you get in on it download the app go to prizepicks.com slash phnx prize picks elite uh my beer drinking game not elite so that's kind of why i answered that question uh, uh who else is elite our guy benjamin albright uh nfl insider friend of this program on twitter thanks uh to k1 since day one for pointing this out and this is the tweet from himself benjamin albright uh about an hour ago on the twitter streets saying that the uh, Chicago Bears, they've made up their mind. Maybe we don't. Okay, um, we're, we're almost ready for the tweet. Uh, but <laughs> in the meantime, somebody asked in the chat, this is very important, Bo, where did you get your hat? I believe I got this at a hat club. I think so. A private hat I just, club? I think I just, it's, not, it's a store. Um, if you've been walking around, you know, this world, the United States for last 
10 to 20 years. That was like, a, hat like a speakeasy. Like, oh, it's a private hat club. You can't yeah. get in. You know the password. <laughs> you got to do the secret whistle and, and they'll let you in. No, I mean, it's it's a competitive lit. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I got this guy. It's I think you can find it anywhere. You find hats. You can find it uh, on the team shop for the Cardinals. But uh, you can also find this sweet swag at the at the PHNX locker. How about the yeah, Bergen? You no, know, I got this hat. The locker, yeah, I, baby. There's there's no questions about where you got that lit. It's the PHNX locker. So, um, in an effort not we, to make an ass of myself, should we do this one more time? I saw in, yes. in my defense, ba, 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 I, saw Damon, I saw Damon's tw- uh, text, and I just assumed it was ready like an ass. But you shouldn't assume anything because then you're a big ass like me. All right, take two on Twitter an hour ago. Benjamin Albright, friend of the program, breaking news: the Chicago Bears have decided. Yes, he's number one. He's going number one, that being Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears circa the 2024 NFL draft. We all assumed it was a done deal and Albright confirming it. And uh, I think, again, to our earlier conversation, Bull Brock puts a ticking timeline on Justin Fields' tenure in Chicago. The more this news is out there, the more you got to assume that it expedites a deal. And then the Bears can spend the next two months uh, drafting, or excuse me, scouting the rest of the picks in their draft, and this is all but uh, you know precursor to April. Yeah, it adds to your confidence level, right? And, and Benjamin's been on this thing in the last couple of years, and has been really spot on as far as who's going where and, and which teams are interested in which prospects. So your confidence level, as far as uh, having one of the three teams in front of you go quarterback. So now mm-hmm. we're on to Washington. I'd love to see. A confirmation of you know which team the commanders are going to fall in love with. We're kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit. You know they want a mobile quarterback, and both the next two prospects are pretty mobile, but one more so than the other. Jaden Daniels over Drake May, uh, and then the true wild card in New England at three. You need some sort of confirmation. I think that that third overall selection is going to be a quarterback before you know we start printing up Marvin Harrison Jr. jerseys officially here in the desert. Albright then expanding on what could be in store for picks two and three. Oh. Uh, he says, "Don't." Why'd you let me out. just drone on about? No, it? no, he doesn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't confirm anything. He didn't confirm yeah. anything. But here's what he did say, because uh, he was responding to Trevor Woods, who is, I, I think, a Michigan Wolverine reporter, uh, saying that JJ McCarthy could enter the top three. Which I, I don't know about that, and I don't think I love that from the grand scheme yeah. of. Um, we don't want four quarterbacks available because then you get teams that are disillusioned that they don't need to trade up or they don't need to do X, Y, and Z. But um, I, I think J.J. McCarthy, probably from here on out, is going to be a name we got to get familiar with in terms of just being around the NFL draft landscape. I, I did not, when we started this process in the fall and watching him every college football Saturday, I did not expect him to be a first-rounder. I didn't think no. he was worth a second-round pick, frankly. But now here we're at Jaden Drake. JJ McCarthy and Caleb Williams, like that's that's the the foursome right now that that we're going to preview. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, it just shows some of the desperation that's out there to to find their next franchise quarterback. And you know, you see the skill set. And like I saw a, a highlight today of JJ McCarthy um, making plays in space, and it was unbelievable. But at the same time, you got to be able to. Can he be a rhythm passer? And I think. Jim Harbaugh, what was what he did with the Wolverines? It was it was a run heavy offense. Like you very yeah. like rarely saw McCarthy put the ball up in the air. So 
25 plus times during a game. So like, can he be a guy that you can really rely upon to make the throws down the stretch and win football games and big football games, you know, once you hit the postseason. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of homework that has to be done on JJ McCarthy from these quarterback hungry teams between now and draft day. Just got to assume like he's so similar to Mac Jones physically. Maybe he's a little bit thicker. I just can't imagine that the Patriots. Way more athletic. Way more athletic. Yeah. More better mobile. body. Yeah, better body. Like Mac Jones. They're both six three though, and they both remember like, his waddle to like his his waddle walk to the uh, to the to Ooh, get Mac his jersey. Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He ain't no McCorkle. A little respect on his name. No, I won't. I can't, and I won't. I'll put respect on gophnx.com though. Become a diehard and join the PHNX Cardinals diehard Discord. We just cranked out some exclusive content. We've got exclusive content dropping manana, including an audio-only podcast downloaded at PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we got a ton of events coming up here. PHNX Suns just had a monster takeover. You know, Coyotes, Diamondbacks got some fun stuff in store. We've got spring training kicking off here with the Diamondbacks in just a couple of weeks. And then we've got our big draft party coming up in late April. So if you want to keep tabs on all of that, Got to be a diehard. The takeover was a huge success, despite Devin Booker being unfairly uh, ejected from that game. Still got the dub with the best diehards in the Valley. That's PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. Go PHNX.com, Bo. Get it now. Yeah, uh, and maybe we'll drop all the insight as far as our draft party first to our diehards. Of course, oh, we, we definitely will. And I know we had two diehards that, uh, that dropped their mock draft in there. We made sure to... Uh, to highlight those today and uh everybody knocked it out of the park great mock drafts we'll do it again next week maybe next week we'll give over the mock draft reins to our guy damon dog is it going to happen that early as early as next week we don't know but there's probably going to be some breaking news over the weekend uh as far as you know the nfl it's it's now you're starting to see the jets are going to release a quartet of key players Yep. from their roster and i think two of them are guys that the arizona cardinals should check in on uh as far as quentin jefferson the defensive interior defensive lineman and the cornerback uh who had four four picks yeah check this out from uh from espn's jets reporter four players with contracts they had them voided today tackle dwayne brown edge carl larson lawson uh, safety Jordan Whitehead and then tackle Quentin Jefferson gives them some early start on free agency. So uh, Cardinals, I think, especially Jefferson could be somebody that could take a look at. I know he's a little bit older, but a yeah. rotational guy. Yeah, he's 30. Whitehead's not an option. Cardinals have good safeties. Dwayne Brown was actually, the, I think, the tackle that got smoked and sent Aaron Rodgers to an exploded Achilles. So I, I, I don't think he's going to be an option. Carl Lawson's interesting for a couple different reasons. He's only 28 years old and was really good for Lou Anarumo while in Cincinnati. So it's a name to watch if the Cardinals want to do some bargain shopping at edge rusher. And, you know, fair or not, unlike Zayvon Collins, like he's a true edge rusher. And he and he's, I think, particularly strong against the run, even though he didn't have as, as much juice as he used to have. So yeah. I think you can, you can bargain. Bend. I don't think the Cardinals are going to go out and – spend a bunch of money before free agency on guys like this. But th these are people to watch in mid to late March. If these guys start taking visits, because I, anytime you're dealing with, with mid tier guys that are in their 
late 20s, early 30s, you're looking at max two-year deals, max. You probably get these guys on one-year deals to fill out the meat of your roster. So uh, definitely something to watch, and we're going to start connecting the dots here. Uh, should have some more news this time next week, if not earlier, on some of the free agent plans for the Arizona Cardinals ahead of the combine, but you can't get that anywhere else other than the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Drop a like, if you would, on this video Subscribe to PHNX Sports if you haven't already here on YouTube. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals on the Twitter streets. Damon Dog crushing it. We've all been remote this week. Now, I permanently am remote, but I, I think Bo and Damon are going to be back in the studio next week as we get primed and ready our phenomenal week of coverage, previewing the NFL Combine and more live Monday. You can't get this content anywhere else. Like and subscribe. For Bo Damon, Johnny Venerable, we'll see you. Have a great weekend.